What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast. If you are watching this in certain places, you may be actually be watching the video cast. A bit of an experimentation going on here. Uh, Spotify is giving me early access to supporting video podcasts, so I'm trying that out. And this should actually make for a better YouTube podcast for you as well. Well, video cast in that case, right? So let's go ahead and get into this. So this week has been a very interesting one. I've been doing a lot of work with SpriteKit. I was just playing around with it on some live streams, which you can check out. I've actually set up a new domain for it as well. So I'm going to go ahead and show you that first of all. You can go to compileswift.live now, and you will find this page where it will have all of the streaming details along with uh, merchandise as well for Compile Swift if you're interested and all other links there as well. So this is the live stream that I do. I normally do a live stream Sunday evenings on my time, which is a central standard in the US right now. Uh, there's also the back catalog you can check out there. So we were doing some Sprite Kit fun this week and last week as well, actually, where I was just started working on a game and wanted to learn some Sprite Kit. And that's what you will find there. So that's that one. Moving on from that, there is a new post on compileswift.com where I write about setting up my MacBook Pro 14 inch with the uh, new Pro Max or just the Max chip, whatever it is they call it. And I got some notes in there. Interestingly, for some of you, you may find this. I found a way to ditch uh, Node version manager and Ruby version manager. And I'm now just using one tool. I want to thank CocoType for that. Uh, you can find CocoType on Twitch. Do twitch.tv forward slash CocoType. And this new tool that I'm sure some of you probably know about already, this ASDF or ASDF tool. And basically it's one tool with a couple of plugins and it lets me manage the versions there rather than a couple of separate tools and homebrew and everything else. Still use homebrew for all the other things, but this is a great way to manage my Node and Ruby installs. So I'll put links in the show notes for this if you're interested. Uh, some notes in there for you to, to go through and see if you think it's something that's going to work for you. Moving on, there was an interesting post on Macworld from about memory leaks and how it's crippling the M1 Pro for some people. Uh, interestingly, I touched on this before, and uh, Michael Simon is the author of this post. And I have noticed that, you know, I did have some issues. I've not had memory issues yet on my new, uh, you know, Apple uh, MacBook Pro 14 with the Max chip. This is a machine with 32 gig of RAM but I did have some of these leaks on my M1 with the 16 gig of RAM. Uh, I thought it was Xcode, but it turns out it may actually be more than Xcode. So maybe an interesting post there for some of you if you've been having the problems with that as well. And next one up is how to write good commit messages with commitlin. I found this very interesting. I, I like, like, for example, Swiftlin. I like linting tools and standardizing the way that you do commit messages is an important thing when you're working with teams. It's especially, you know, for consistency and putting in the right details. There is nothing worse than a commit message that just says something like, you know, fixed bug or, you know, fixed previous commit. That is not a proper commit message. And the problem is that you can put in whatever you want, right? Well, using this commit, commit lint tool here, 
He goes through and explains uh, what it is and how to install it. Gives you an example using JavaScript. But, you know, again, this is a commit uh, tool for Git, right? So you can use it any way you want. He goes through and shows you how to set it up and how to configure it. And at the end of it, I'll just scroll down here. What you end up with is if you don't follow the rules for the message, you cannot make a commit, which I really like this idea. So you may want to go through and try this. Uh, you know, at the very end, he'll go through, he shows you how to set up the workflow and then also how to customize it with a lot of useful links to match whatever you want it to be. Very interesting tool. Again, in the show notes, you'll find a link for this. Moving on from there, uh, Nick Arno was writing about working with server sent events. You know, we're all very familiar with HTTPS, for example, for pulling data from servers. As I was reading through this and he goes into this, it reminded me a lot of things like sockets that we used to connect to, where you essentially open up a socket and you continue to keep listening for data to come through these events, right, until you close that socket. This sounds very similar to me. I've not spent too much time with it. I've only read through this post. You may find this very interesting. It certainly is preferable, I think, to respond to events coming back from the data. So you may want to take a look at that. And lastly, this one that I've got here is, you know, on Mac rumors. I noticed the other day that they posted saying that there was an update for watchOS 8.1.1 for the uh, Watch 7 version series, which is actually the one that I've got here. Funnily enough, though, I have not seen this update hit my devices. I've kept checking. I haven't seen it. But what it supposedly uh, addresses is slow charging for some folks with their Series 7 watch. So you may want to take a look and see on the watch app on the, your iPhone whether there's an update. Again, I have not seen this update for mine, and I do have the latest Series 7. So mine's still showing as 8.1, but I have felt that the charging is a little slow for me. So I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it. You may want to check that out. So that is it this week. I just, this was a very quick episode. If you're listening to the audio version, again, I'll put everything in the show notes. Look for the chapter links in there as well. Uh, If you are lucky enough to be using the right player and seeing the video version or watching this on YouTube, let me know what you think. I think this is uh, an in- opening up some interesting possibilities. I'm a big fan of, you know, video podcasts. Interestingly, I used to watch a lot previously way back in uh, Apple Podcasts. Well, it was iTunes at the time. Uh, so it will be interesting to see if Apple starts to adopt this again as well. I think there's a huge benefit here when we're talking about technical subjects like this to be able to show it to you. Let me know. It's like I say, it's very much a test version here. Um, it is early Sunday morning here and I will be streaming later tonight as I always do. Again, go to compileswift.live or compileswift.com to find the details. That's it. I'll see you in the next episode.